0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills. Today is March 28th, 2023, and our topic for today, there's that cough again. I swear I haven't coughed in an hour, and as soon as I start recording this podcast, there I go. But in any case, we are going to be talking about thinking about a behind-the-meter grid-interactive system as a UPS or an uninterruptible power supply. And I know that's a mouthful and I'll probably figure out a way to uh, get that down a bit before I actually create the title for the podcast. But when I was at the Self-Reliance Festival, it was apparent to me that a lot of folks had a hard time with, okay, I'm connecting the grid to my inverter and I'm connecting my inverter to a sub-panel. How is my inverter not putting power back on the grid, right? How do I do that without having a problem, you know, with the local power company and uh, not having an interconnection agreement? And it's a valid question. It's a, it's a great question because it means that you're thinking, okay, I, this all makes sense except for, you know, what are we... You know how are we doing this legally and within the confines of the regulations that are applicable, <clears throat> but we're not paying for the system that would be a hybrid system that most people are used to thinking and talking about. So, so let's dig into that a little bit. Um, I, most people are familiar with a UPS, and for those that aren't, I'm going to explain what that is right now. So a lot of times you'll have your computer or other uh, devices plugged into a UPS uninterruptible power supply. And really all that is, is a battery and a small inverter. Okay. (coughs) What that is, is you plug it into the wall and then you plug your computer and computer router and things like that into that. And then if the power goes out for whatever reason, just had to dodge a hubcap <laughs> that someone in front of me hit. Uh, if the power goes out for any reason, you have um, power. It's like a 10 milliseconds, I think, for it to switch over. And 10 milliseconds, your computer is not even going to register that the power went off. Uh, and that gives you time to store, save things that you're working on uh, and possibly shut your computer down running off of that battery power. And so essentially what we're doing when we build these behind-the-grid, grid-interactive systems is we're creating just a very large UPS. And so, you know, the system that I've been talking to a lot of people about uses a 6,000-watt high-frequency inverter. That is uh, routed. The AC out from that inverter goes to a sub-panel and that sub-panel runs the loads that uh, you would want to run in the event that your power goes out. The AC input to that same inverter is actually coming from your main panel. So you have main panel powering sub-panel as it normally would. You just have an inverter in the middle. And then attached to that all-in-one inverter you have solar panels and you have a battery bank. And the all-in-one inverter essentially acts as a very large UPS. And instead of just plugging things into the UPS, the UPS powers the sub-panel. And the all-in-one inverter is smart enough to understand, okay, we're gonna use photovoltaic power from the sun first for the loads. In the event that we have extra PV, we're going to put that into the battery bank, and in the event that we have more demand than we do generation, we are going to pull from the grid or from the battery bank, and you can tell it which one you would like, or you can pull from the battery until the battery is down to a certain uh, depth of discharge, and then pull from the grid. And Then there's the option as well that the input that is coming from the main panel uh, has a switch on it and it's a three-way switch and it's normally in AC input from the grid but the other input is coming from a generator and so in the event that the grid goes down you turn off The breaker, and this is just kind of belts and suspenders. You turn off the breaker that's feeding the inverter, you switch over to your generator input, and then you crank your generator up. And your generator does the exact same thing that the grid would do, except in this profile, you might tell your inverter, um, use while the generator is on, use PV, then battery and keep my, or rather PV then generator and keep my batteries at a hundred percent so that when I turn the generator off, then I'm using PV with battery supplement. Okay. And most of these, uh, all-in-one inverters have what's called an appliance mode, which is how you would use it if it was completely off grid. And then it has UPS mode, uh, which is how you would use it when you are connected to the grid, but only using the grid to supplement uh, the PV, the PV. And, and so most people understand that a UPS is not putting power back into your, um, (coughs) distribution panel. Um, but when I do, when I say that, you know, you all, you do, you basically have this inverter and it's has all these inputs and you can kind of tell it how to act. Um, they see that and they're like, Oh, how does that work again? We don't understand that because it seems to us that, um, it seems to us that the inverter would be putting power back onto the grid. Uh, But again, it's acting exactly like that UPS. It's a one-way travel. Uh, And those UPS have transfer switches in them because, for example, when you are in UPS mode and you are bringing power in from the grid, your main panel is where your neutral... um, Uh, ground bonding happens and you don't want to duplicate that in the inverter Uh, but these new inverters actually have programming such that when you are running off of a generator instead of the main panel you a switch uh, happens in the inverter Uh, the firmware actually controls this and in that scenario the neutral ground bond is in the inverter so the panel is safe so the sub panel is safe. And typically what you want is you want your neutral ground bond happening where the power enters the house, so to speak. And so in the event that you're tied to the grid, that happens in your main panel. And so you don't have to replicate that either in the inverter or in the subpanel when uh, you're in UPS mode. But when that grid power is off and you're coming in from a generator that does not have a neutral ground bond, at that point you do need one. and, And the best place for it is at the inverter. So, uh, just something to think about. I know neutral ground bonds can be quite confusing at times, and uh, the good news is is that the inverters are smart enough to figure out um, you know which mode they need to be in. And so uh, when I think about the system that we're putting into the uh, bus into the schoolie for my daughter, that system um, will have an inverter that is capable of taking an AC input so when she's on shore power it'll be AC input and in that scenario uh, the neutral ground bond happens before the inverter so the inverter and the sub panel don't need that neutral ground bond in the event that they are running directly through the inverter from the PV and the battery and there's no shore power happening well in that scenario the inverter will act as the neutral ground bond and again the sub panel doesn't need it so uh, just a few other things to to consider there, and I'll tell you what there are some um, there are some all in one inverters out there on the system, on the market these days that can take you know five six seven thousand watts even I think there's one that takes eight thousand watts of PV input. Now, in order to get that, you have to have the exact right panels right to maximize it. Uh, but what they're doing is you're stringing all these. Uh, panels together in parallel and bumping the uh, volts up to you know four hundred and eighty or so uh, which is what we would like to do in in you know a grid type system we want to get that um, we want to get that voltage up so that we can do long runs with minimal wire and then in the event that um, you know you have a panel that will um, you have a set of panels that will be you know, have low enough amperage when they're wired together in parallel, you can duplicate that. So for example, uh, we're doing a system at Nicole Sauce's workshop in uh, Smithville, Tennessee or near Smithville, Tennessee uh, next month here in April. And uh, hopefully I'll get some YouTube videos up on that. But what that's going to be is it's going to be 10 panels all wired in one string uh, going into the inverter input. And uh, it, you used to need multiple components to do that, and they've figured out a way to make all of this stuff work together now. It's pretty nice. Um, and so those will go directly into the MPPT input that's rated for 480 volts open current. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I believe those are rated for something like 18 or 20 amps. And so, again, in the event that you have a panel that is, call it 8 eight and a half nine amps you could actually put two of those strings together now nicole is not going to have enough roof space for us to be able to do this at her workshop but we will be um putting a full 10 panel string of uh, blue sun 460 watt panels into uh, that inverter charger along with uh obviously um you know the, the 50 amp service from the main panel and the uh, generator input and we're gonna put one uh, I think we're gonna put a trophy battery into her system uh, I have the eg4 uh, life power four battery I have the jacket per battery uh, the two that I don't have in any systems right now that I've designed are the Trophy batteries and the uh, current connected SOK batteries. And so I think we're going to do the Trophy battery in hers, and we'll find, a, um, we'll find a strategy in the future where we can implement some SOK batteries into a system and see how that works out for us. So, uh, well, guys, I think that's all I've really got to talk about today. This is going to be a relatively short uh, podcast. I normally try to go about, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. It looks like I'm at about 12 right now. Um, But, again, all I really wanted to talk about was, you know, how to think about those grid interactive systems as a a UPS, just a really large UPS where all the components are individual instead of in the same case. Uh, And hopefully that will help people understand what I'm talking about there. If you've got questions, comments, or things that you'd like me to cover on the podcast, you can email me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at agmyhomestead.com. There I go again. And um, if you're interested in me doing some consulting work for you, uh, I am going to be pretty busy working through some of the leads that have come in since Self-Reliance Festival, But uh, I can absolutely take on some summer work. Uh, So if you've got a system that's not super quick turnaround, I'll tell you what, even if you have a system that's super quick turnaround, reach out to me. I'll take a look at what you're wanting to do. Uh, if I can help you out, I help you out. Uh, if you already have a system in mind that you would have put in and you just want someone to kind of take a look for, at it for you and uh, and make sure that the components are, are the right size, that you've got the right safety disconnects in the right places, I'm happy to do that as well. Just email me again, shawn at hackmyhomestead.com. And for that, we'll wrap up, and I'll talk to you next time.